I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. It's me. It's me. It's The Deal. Double G, the road dog, Jesse James. And by my side, as always, is that B-A-double-D-A-double crooked letter. Badass Billy Gunn. Together we are the New Age Outlaws. And you're listening to the VOC Nation. And if you ain't down with that, he's got two words for you. Suck it. VOC Nation provides live daily streaming shows where fans have the ability to interact with the hosts and guests by phone call, email, and Twitter. VOC Nation hosts include the legendary Ken Resnick, who you probably remember from the AWA and WWE, former WCW performer The Maestro, Wes Briscoe, who you probably remember from Impact, Brady Hicks, who you remember from Pro Wrestling Illustrated, former WWE and TNA star Shelly Martinez, and former Philly radio personality Bruce Wirt. VOC Nation's two most popular shows are Wrestling with History, featuring Ken Resnick and Bruce Wirt, streaming live on Wednesday nights at 9.30 Eastern, and, of course, In the Room, featuring Pro Wrestling Illustrated's Brady Hicks and WCW alum The Maestro. And, by the way, both of these shows take callers live during the show. What are you waiting for? Go listen live right now at VOCNation.com and subscribe to all of our podcasts by searching for VOC Nation Radio Network on your favorite podcast app. Oh, and follow them on Twitter, too, at VOCNation. Bienvenue sur le podcast Stadium Journey. Why am I mangling the French language? Because today's <laughs> Stadium Journey podcast is sneaking across the border and we're visiting the great city of Montreal. Hey, four years of French 35 years ago. I thought that was still pretty good. So even in Canada, we're proud to be part of the VOC Nation Radio Network. And remember, if you can't get enough of Stadium Journey after you listen to the show, head over to the website, stadiumjourney.com. You'll find over 2,500 stadium reviews. Hopefully, we can start updating them someday. <laughs> News items are there, and more, more podcasts, uh, all kinds of stuff. Book reviews. Dave's done about a billion of them. Uh, or you can follow us on social media, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. Like us, follow us everywhere, all across the board, everywhere. And after you are thoroughly entertained by the podcast tonight, you might feel the urge to check out our old episodes. It's easy to do. Just go to the podcast app, 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 um, whichever one you use, type in VOC Nation Radio Network, or just go to the Stadium Journey website, look under the podcast tab on the main menu, that'll link you there, over there, boop, 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 and you're there. And all of our old video podcasts are on the Stadium Journey YouTube channel. We also stream live, some of you might know this because you might be there right now, we stream live every episode, twitch.tv slash danlaw83. Again, welcome to everyone watching right now. Don't be afraid to participate. Speak up, raise your hand in the back, you know? Don't be afraid. And let me take a minute and introduce, he tried to say, our starting lineup. <laughs> We've got Dave Cotney. You can follow him at ProFan9. Mark Vicas can be found online at Ballpark Hunter. 
Our producer, the above average comedian, Dan Calachico, is online at DanLaw83. And I'm Paul Baker. You could follow me at PuckmanRI. Like I said before, tonight we're going to talk about the great sporting venues. Well, maybe they're not great. We'll talk about the sporting venues in the great city of Montreal. And we can't have a conversation like this without bringing aboard a ringer. So please welcome back to our show, our old friend, Tim Capper. Tim, thanks for coming back. Hey, bonjour, bonjour. Comment ça va? Much better. Comme si, comme ça. Qu'est-ce que c'est? Ça va COVID. Bon année, that's about it. So, you know, we actually, we were going to do this show, what, about like a year and a half ago? Yeah. And it was like the day of the show. News, you know, news broke about your your favorite project, yeah. the Arena Football League. So we called an audible and we ended up doing a show about the Arena Football League. And we just haven't got back to Montreal. So I'm glad we're finally getting back there. I'm, I'm glad you're here virtually, you know, even though you can't actually come over the border. It's okay. Well, some of us are already across the border. That's Some true. Trump fans are going to be leaving. I'll be honest. I don't even know if I'm allowed to cross that border. <laughs> I don't what know do you if you're doing from Ontario to Quebec. You cannot be here. So no, I think, I think it's everybody in Atlantic. We can't go into Atlantic Canada. So is it like in Canada? Is it like it in the United States where some people are following the rules and other people are just like, yeah, I'm going to just go where I want? Uh, yeah, yeah, everywhere. <laughs> Toronto, uh, Toronto and the surrounding areas are pretty bad right now oh yeah our area is really bad too i mean yeah we had a trip planned we were going to go to new york state go up to lake placid for two days and we we're just like no nah, we got to cancel it because it's just too bad yeah no no it's you know uh, quebec's the epicenter montreal has i think is the highest most cases in the country it's just it's horrible yeah it just you know people just need to listen they're not they're not trying to tell you something just because they want you to do it or they want anyways. Wear a mask. That's all I got to say. You know, Wear a mask. It, keep your, keep your distance. It's so good that it's not just an American problem, as, that it's everywhere. People are just stupid everywhere. Except it's Australia. Stubborn. Stubborn. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Stubborn, it's, not stupid. <laughs> just, just, uh, just the other day, I think it was yesterday, um, the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League has been attempting to, to sort of run. And, and the Maritimes... Um, those teams have, have been doing okay. And basically all the teams in Quebec that are within any sort of like metropolitan area, you know, outside of like Rimouski and, and the, the Arctic Quebec teams, um, have been having a hard time. And they just announced the other day, they're going to do a 10 day bubble in Quebec city, uh, where I don't know, I guess they're going to play like, like a, a like a kitty tournament almost they're going to just play nonstop for uh for as much as they can at the videotron center and, and everybody's going to be in a bubble and they're just trying to get their games done some way somehow kind of like how, how the canadian teams are trying to do it for the mls that's what covid was a conspiracy to get hockey, more hockey into the videotron center since the <laughs> nhl won't do it <laughs> got Maybe. it got it Oh, so as much as we'd like to talk, I'd like to talk about Quebec as a great city. We're not here to talk about Quebec. We're here to talk about Montreal. So, you know, I was thinking, all right, what do I know about the places in Montreal? And you know what's funny? What I thought about were places that are no longer there or, or just aren't really being used. I thought about yeah. Olympic Stadium and I thought about the Forum. So maybe we should start our, our conversation there. Well, 
There's really not much to talk about the form. It's currently the Pepsi Entertainment Center or whatever it's called, and it houses a movie theater. Mm. But they did a good job. They, you go into these, you go into the the center, and they have uh, they redid the the ice center ice quite well with some old seats. So it's really done really well, and they get a, a bunch of memorabilia on the upper upper levels. But it's it's kind of sad. But they had to do something, especially when they moved moved over to uh, over to the phone box or whatever the hell they're calling it now. <laughs> as, as a as a tourist, um, it's it's definitely it's definitely worth a go. Last time we were there, uh, we we went and saw it was uh, over March break, and we went and saw Black Panther. Mm-hmm. And uh, I asked the uh, the guys at the hotel, you know, how far the form was. And they said, why do you want to go there? I said, well, I want to go to the movies. I want to go see Black Panther. Like, well, there's a movie theater, you know, a block this way. I'm like, I don't want to go. I want to go to the forum to see Black Panther. I don't want to see it over there. <laughs> um, and, and yeah, Tim's right. Like you could spend, if you're a, a memorabilia kind of junkie, you could spend a long time just, just staring at the walls of all the pretty old cool articles and pictures and not just, you know, of course, there's a lot of Canadian stuff, but there's lots of stuff like um, like you would have saw it at, at the gardens, at the old Maple Leaf Gardens, you know, lots of pictures of, of, of other big events, you know, mm-hmm. circus. Uh, I, I think they had one with, I think the Pope came there or something like that. Or weren't they, weren't they, did they, I'm trying to remember, did the Beatles play at the Forum? I believe they did. I believe they did, yeah. So lots of that kind of stuff, not, yeah. just, not just Canadian stuff, but and, no. and you could just spend tons of time there. Uh, some good photo ops. Um, they have a little sort of seating area you can and and you can sit beside a. I think it's is it a Maurice Richard statue nope. they got well, there? Yeah, or yeah. Just a, there's also a fan, of, a, a a a fan in the stands. Yeah, that's, out. that's what yeah. I'm thinking of. The fan in the yeah. stands. But yeah. the, the only reason really to go there is to see, you know, to see the the display on uh, on the RIHA Montreal Roadrunners. No, I'm kidding. Oh. Uh, I'm kidding. RHI. I actually went to a game back in. I went to their. I, I went to their <laughs> the, the Roadrunners Championship Series versus oh. San Jose all those years the ago. The Rhinos. Is that what they were yeah, called? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I know. I know those names. All these years later. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The Beatles played the Montreal Forum on September eighth, nineteen sixty four. There you go. Twenty one thousand people, and it was their only visit to Montreal. Yeah, they were big. They were pretty big. I heard. Well, were they? <laughs> Yeah. I hear the Beatles were okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. All right, so McCartney? Is, is the forum kind of like, you know, people romanticize those old arenas, you know, the Olympia and, uh, you know, the Boston Garden and all those. It, and, you know, I went, I was able to go to the Boston Garden and it was a dump. There's no choice about it. it Most of these awful. places are. <laughs> so I was gonna, that was my question. Is the, was the forum, as much as it's pumped up and hyped and everybody says how great it was, was it a dump as well? Was it a product of its era? It had charm. I've been to many arenas that have had charm. They may be old. They may be, people may call them decrepit, but they have charm. And that's, that's what the form had, you know? So it's, you know, again, it's, it's a shell of its former self, literally. So, but it's uh, the few times, it's funny. I never went to a game and I'll think of the form for hockey, mm. of all things. So, well, I did go to a game for hockey in Montreal in 1993. Uh, I was up there for the long weekend with my mom and dad. Was that the Hooker story, Mark? No, that was in Winnipeg. Oh, 
called. A few <laughs> years later, when my mom also was there, she told the lady, excuse me, young woman, please don't uh, proposition my son. So, yeah, true story. And, of course, it's Winnipeg in, in July, so it's, you know, 10 o'clock at night and in daylight. So Portage in Maine. even funnier. But, no, this was Montreal in about a – this was Montreal in October, and uh, there was a gentleman selling tickets, and I think it was like 40, 50 bucks for a ticket. And uh, my mom said to me, she's like, if you're in Montreal, you have to see a hockey game. And I'm like, oh, mom, that's too much money. She's like, I'll take care of it. Don't worry about it. And, um, wow, one of the best experiences I've ever had was stepping foot into the Montreal form. So I'd like to thank my mom, uh, you know, for being very generous and, and allowing me to go because I, I thought that was too much. I Not was, so much for the hooker. No, not so much. Uh, for the hooker, be a really good price, but you know, I, I think I was about seventeen at the time. Did uh, you have seats or standing room, which I was had, very prevalent I, at the at the forum? I had seats and was in back of the uh, Montreal bench. So, Patrick Waugh, Kirk Muller were very close to me. I remember I'm a Devils fan, so Kirk mm-hmm. Muller was was somebody that I, I used to like growing up. And I I just I remember like wow, this arena is different because you know i was used to going to games at the brendan Byrne arena in new jersey and, and the spectrum even and this one just was very small very narrow you were cramped up on top of the ice and the place was packed and mm-hmm. whenever they scored a goal the horn the fans i mean you the stanley cup banners hanging up it was it was a magical place you really you know i never you know, I go to certain venues and you feel something. That's one of the few venues that you get this sort of uh, gushy feel. Like you're walking into someplace uh, very special. And, um, you know, I've been back when it's the Pepsi Center. and It's kind of cool to walk around. But, you know, to see a game there, you know, uh, truly, truly a magical night for me. I was a young, young man. I had my Devils jersey on at the time. And there was a lot of people that were not giving me any hype because, you know, Jacques Lemaire was the coach and we had Marty Bredor in goal, Montreal boys. So you had that, that, that sort of pedigree of hockey knowledge from the fans uh, that, they, hey, you know what? You're wearing a Devils jersey. We, they probably don't care about Devils fans, but, you know, you got some of our boys yeah. on there. So. It wasn't that they were better than Philly <laughs> so like, fans. So they, they didn't care. They didn't care. I had a Toronto <laughs> Maple Leaf jersey, different story. Yeah. 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 Before- so, before Dave interjects, I just, I just want to say one thing to add to what um, Mark was saying, because I'd never been to the forum, but I just wanted to add on to what Mark was saying and what you were saying earlier, Tim. And I know you didn't speak, you don't speak favorably of what they've done with the forum, mm-hmm. but I just want to interject and say, I appreciate that. And that will be somewhere I visit in the future because it's there and they repurposed it. Oh, I don't mind the homage. Like I said, it's, I, I remember when they were redoing it, they basically tore everything down to a complete shell because they had the parking, what was, yeah. what was parking below, and it was a, a, just a giant shell before they started to redo the entire thing. Yeah. It's nice what they've done. No, no, but no, no, I wasn't, I didn't mean it like that. I, yeah. the, the, take this ride with me. I just wanted to say, <laughs> the, the reason, no, no, I, the reason why I say that is because I love that they did that. They did that recently in DC with the Uline Arena. Speaking of the Beatles, yeah. the first oh, yeah. concert they played in the United States, other than the Ed Sullivan show, was at the Uline Arena, right, right next to the train tracks in DC. They gutted it, and they, it's a store. But it's oh, yeah. there. The facade yeah. is there. It, you can still see, holy shit, this was the Uline Arena. Uh, I would have killed that for the Spectrum 
This was the point I was getting to. I would have killed that for the, the spectrum to make that into something because the idea they had was they were going to build this entertainment complex and it was originally going to be incorporated and then they get rid of it. They didn't even mark the grounds it was on. Mm. So I just want to say I envy you and Montreal <laughs> that that's still there and you can walk to it and go, you see that kids right there is legend. <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm jealous. I'm so jealous of that. Ah, it makes me bad because uh, the same thing with the the tra- not to I'm not going to track to t- Toronto, but only found out a year ago doing the show that Toronto's um, Maple Leaf Garden is still technically there, and that took forever to put together too. Yeah, and that's now, ama- and that's amazing. It's just amazing to me, and I'm just a jealous Philly fan. Now, partially okay. a grocery what a grocery store and a rink. Yeah, there's there's a hockey rink yeah, in there and exercise area. Yeah, there's a whole thing. But Tim, I was basically saying oh. that I, I love that idea and I'm yeah. jealous of you very much. Oh, <laughs> Dave. Well, the form. What I remember about the form, and it's it's a funny little things. Um, not only from well, I guess I, I remember this from watching on television, um, and then actually going. I was also there in '93. So seeing this for the first time live, I always remember looking at the ground level and they had windows all along the ground level and you could see the escalators and the escalators were crossed and it looked Mm -hmm. like two hockey sticks. Yeah. And I always thought about, I always thought about that with the form. Um, I also went, uh, you know, 18 and I I don't remember too much. I do remember um, that they were playing Hartford. And it's probably the only reason that we were able to go because uh, we were on a school trip and uh, they were playing Hartford and it was after seven o'clock or whatever. So tickets were suddenly available. And I remember, I remember distinctly listening to some of the scalpers trying to get people to buy tickets and people literally walking by laughing, going, (laughs) For Hartford? Are you kidding me? <laughs> and, they would, and, and then funny enough, um, Hartford. Funny enough, that's the, what they say in Hartford too. Yeah. <laughs> Hartford beat the Canadians that night. And uh, yeah, it was kind of funny. Um, but, but really, that's, that's kind of the lasting image that I have is, is those two escalators that look like hockey sticks. <laughs> and, and, you know, that was – part of it is it's the same image that you saw on TV, right? You know, you hear – Dick Irvin on on the CBC talking about, you know, whatever, whoever they were playing that night. And they they show that image of the front, the two escalators Mm -hmm. looking like the crossed hockey sticks. Yeah. So shall we continue along with the Canadians and talk about where they moved? They moved not too far. Am I right? It's not that far. Physically, it's not that far. With amenities, it's probably light years away. It's... It's your normal cookie cutter arena. <laughs> Is it fair to say that? Yeah, I, I would. I would say it looks like you know, Ottawa. Kind of like, like the 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 old vet and uh, Three Rivers cookie yeah. cutter type of. That rum, yes, yes, absolutely. So, what would make the Bell Center stand out from the rest? Is it just the tradition of the Canadians? The the stuff that they do there. The uh, do they now? Thank I remember you. for the hundredth year. Yeah. Of the Canadians, they they pull out all the stuff, and they did some fantastic ceremonies. Yeah, they had they had some. Well, they also had the, the I think the All Star Game that year. They yeah. had uh, which they keep moving over these you know the different type of bricks that you could purchase. That they had this whole whole yeah. plaza that you've done. They had the 
the three statues that are there. They have, uh, you know, coincidentally now, which is in phase three, it's the uh, Tour de Canadien. So three, three different towers of condos that are associated with the, they, they get to emblazon the name of the Canadian. So I can only imagine how much those go for. Um, but they do everything there. I mean, considering that, you know, it will always be home of the Canadians, even though they haven't done as well, obviously, since they were over at the Forum. But everything and anything seems to be done at that at the Forum now. So it's 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 it's, it's as an arena, it's okay. I've been to nicer. I've been to nicer NHL arenas. <laughs> it's very large, isn't it, capacity-wise? I think second or third largest. Isn't, isn't Chicago still one of the highest? I think Montreal is up there too. I think it's twenty plus. Yeah, it's it's. Uh, it's it's right up there. It's yeah. one of the few that are that are uh, over twenty thousand. Yeah. So and it's packed. Obviously, it's packed, and they do everything there. Again, you know, anything they don't, you know, concerts, you name it. You know. According to StadiumJourney.com, <laughs> the capacity of the Bell Center is twenty one thousand two hundred seventy three. That's pretty big. And that's and there's no standing room, obviously. I think that's isn't that kind of gone the way of the dodo in, in really yeah. any arena now. And isn't that a shame? I'm trying to think. Uh, I know. Yeah, I know. Joe Lewis had it, and those were seventy five dollars about a few years ago. But uh, you know, I, I would assume some stadiums have standing room only, just because. Oh, uh, uh, the Rock has stadium stadium journey. They just added room. them back at the Wells Fargo Center in Philly. Oh, really? I mean, yeah, what, they what just other... they just added a whole section where. You literally pay to stand in this section. Now there's a little bar restaurant thing, but there's only tables to lean on. There's yep. no seats. Yeah. It's literally yeah. a standing room section. Yeah, right yeah. Boston yeah so it was the, the old form. Yeah. yeah. Toronto still has standing room areas. Now, what, what in Montreal? What's What's interesting is that um, the press box is hanging. Right, it's it's like wait, you're you're right, Tim. It's way it's up way there. up there, but it's but it's hanging, and you know you think it's way up there. It's not as high as the highest seats. There's no. probably about six rows of seats behind the press box, but because it's hanging and because it's forward, right? Um, it doesn't the the engineering is is pretty excellent. Like it does not block it does not block the view of uh, of the fans that are. No, it's true. There. That's any anything that I go there, I usually get the higher seats, anyways, because I can't afford anything farther down. But yeah, it's true. You, you get a good view of whatever you're looking at, whether it be ice, basketball court, uh, lacrosse field. Uh, you know, you name it, you can still see it. Now, now you're saying, Paul, what what makes you know what makes the the Bell Center special, and and I would say that. It, it it's just like it's just like you know Boston Garden and Joe Lewis and Maple Leaf Gardens and all those other places. Like it, it wasn't the building that made it special. It was what happened there mm -hmm. and the people who are there. Um I would say this is this is my experience, and I've been to probably I think I'm at 21 NHL arenas. The fans Canadian fans are unique amongst all of them. So to me, it would be what you would really want a fan to be. 
there is far less getting up and leaving at a Canadiens game than there is at any other event that I've been at in life. Like those fans treat sport as theater, right? Like, you know, you go see a show and you're a little late and you know, they just don't let you in or (laughs) you leave and they don't let you back. Um, Not that the ushers actually do that, but that's the attitude that the fans have there. You in Montreal, you're not going to see the same thing on television that you do in Toronto, where you know the beginning of the second period starts, and you see a whole lot of silver seats that are right close to the ice. Right in Montreal, it's it's about the product on the ice, and that's why people are there. It's not like in in some of these ballparks where it's like, well, we're going to hang out and and you know be millennials with Mark and, and hang at the bar or anything like that. No, it's, it's, we're there to watch hockey. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I, I agree with that too. I was in Montreal for New Year's Eve uh, several years ago and I was with Stephen key who writes sometimes for this uh, website and he's a big New York giants fan. So we go to this uh, bar, which is the, one of the official Canadians bars and everybody's wearing a Canadians jersey. All the TVs are on to the Canadians game. And Steve's like, oh, I want to watch the Giants game. Uh, I want to see if uh, they clinch a playoff spot. So we're in this little corner where there's this little tiny TV. It's like the size of this computer. And all of a sudden, we just hear this eruption and this horn and this song and the sound. It's because the Canadians just scored. Like, we're not paying attention to the game. And it just, uh, if you were tired or groggy, that woke you up. I mean, it was it was louder than a bomb that day. So uh, it was just really cool just being not even at the game, but just being at a bar watching it with Canadian fans. Because uh, you're right, but extremely knowledgeable. I mean, they're not there to, you know, do what I do, walk around and eat food and talk to people and make vlogs. The action's on the ice, and that's the only thing that matters. Well, and all you have to do is is look up in the rafters. I don't know if you've ever done the tour, Tim. I uh, haven't. No. It, it, easily the most arrogant tour tour guides ever. <laughs> I'm shocked uh, to hear that. Yeah, but but just look up. It's it's royalty. It's a the who's who of the National Hockey League. You know, Jeffrey on and Bellavo and. Uh, and Dryden and Lafleur and Robinson and Richard. Oh my gosh, Maurice Richard is a god. Yeah. In 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 Montreal, yep. like he, I think Maurice Richard replaced the Catholic Church for a time <laughs> in importance. Like it, it, I, it's difficult to get your head around how important Maurice Richard was to the people of Montreal and and to Play and movies. to Greater Quebec, right? Mm-hmm. So here's a question for the panel. Would you consider Montreal to be the greatest hockey city in North America, or would you give that title to somewhere else? <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I think some fans in Toronto would disagree, but. That's why oh, I'm asking the question. Oh, oh, wait, would Toronto get mad? Then yes, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> it's up there. I mean, it's definitely up there. Um, the greatest hockey city? I mean, what argument do you have against it? Or part two of this question would be, or does the fanaticism in Montreal hurt the Canadians? I mean, when they win, don't they riot? And No, that's Vancouver. 
Oh no, that's when they lose. That's when oh, they lose. Won in a little while. Wait, didn't, didn't, they they ride in, didn't they ride in '93 down St. Catharines? Yeah, they did. Yeah, which is odd. You would not expect it from Montreal or Vancouver fans, but wasn't that I, I, where they rioted for a, at a Guns N' Roses show too? Montreal. That was at the Big O. Yes, yes. that's right. Because I mean, to be fair, uh, I Axel too, didn't want to. Axel, Axel didn't want to play. play. He didn't want to play uh, after getting burned. I thought he got burned. Hey, hey, you know no, what? That was James Phil- Hetfield, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, yeah. Hetfield got burned. Hetfield but... got burned, and then Guns N' Roses wouldn't come out. Yeah, yeah. Which they could have saved the day because Guns N' Roses was huge. Uh, Paul, I, I would, I would give you, I would say yes to both of your questions to get back to where we were talking about. I, I would say that that Montreal is the hockey city um, in North America, and I would also say that the fanaticism um, definitely hurts the Canadians, and. It's, it's so deep-rooted in the culture. Um, wh- what, other, what other situation would you require a bilingual general manager, a bilingual head coach, right? Um, that's a big, huge deal for the press there. And the, and the press there, uh, I'm, Tim, you can, you can tell me I'm wrong. I think the, the press... The, for the Canadians is is as rough as any New York. That's about New to say it, it's on papers. par for New York. I agree. Really, just like their bagels. <laughs> we'll we'll get to food eventually, man. Relax. I have, man, relax. <laughs> I have had Montreal bagels. You can get them in Vermont, all over the place. Yeah, and but cool. uh, okay. but yeah, it's like having to have that bilingual person is is so important. Um, now I will give. One of the one of the persons who who is probably um, underrated that works for the Canadians. I have no idea what their name is. Um, but That's the, how underrated they are. Yeah, exactly. But the guy who does the announcing, he did did it in the form. Uh, I don't know if it's the same guy or not. Had the talent to make every single person who played for the Canadians sound French. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Whether his name was like Larry Robinson, which is the most Anglican name, Anglified name ever, uh, you know, Matt Snazland, they would somehow make it. Michel Lacroix. Matt Snazland. Ghost Goodbye, number. I don't even know what he was. Number 12, Matt Snazland. Like they they just make everybody sound French. They do it. You know what? To be. be to be honest, they, they do that for the Alouettes, too. I believe it. I believe it. <laughs> well, you know, they, they do that here when, when you say the word Latino. They go Latino. They, <laughs> every time you say a, a Spanish name here in the States, I don't know if they do this in Canada. Like Ava Ligori was on talk about the election, and she must have said Latina about 10 times in that Spanish accent. It's almost peculiar when they do that, but... So yeah, yeah, I, I guess you can do it in any type of accent—French, German. Be interesting to check out. 
So, so we're talking about, you know, how crazy a hockey city Montreal is. Do you all know that Montreal, the Canadians actually almost left Montreal at one point in there? Really? Yes, the I knew that because I listened to the Stadium Journey podcast. Oh, we told the story before. Damn it, I thought I was... <laughs> I was I was up to no. Well, never mind that. Son of a bitch. I mean, I know they I know they had the Montreal Maroons at Wait, one time. Wait, I don't that, remember this. So tell Was that around that time, the 30s or Yeah, around the 30s or so and you'll never guess where their pos- their destination was going to be. Saskatoon. St. Louis. Cleveland. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yes, yeah. I do remember now. Okay. Yeah, the, the Canadians were struggling, the Maroons were on top and the Canadians they were thinking about wow. leaving town, but then the I guess the Maroons business model fell apart or whatever happened to the Maroons happened. You know who never threatened to leave Philly? Anybody? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> the no, the athletics piece. left. That was the joke. Was you supposed to say the athletics? Oh, that's right. The athletics. <laughs> the on. Warriors. Yeah, I, I was trying to be self-deprecating, damn it. The Quakers. <laughs> but uh, but that was the, Quakers, the Warriors, that yeah. was also um, the deal back then too. And it was along cultural lines again because yeah, the Maroons were the English team. Yes. Right, right. And the Canadiens were the French team. So those of you who are hockey historians would know that one of the reasons, if you are facetious about it, one of the reasons that the Canadiens were were so good and so dominant is that they basically had first crack at anybody in the the province of Quebec. So they they handpicked. You were mentioning all those those names, Dave. And they got all those. By by way of that rule, just about yeah, <laughs> just about. Oh, all right. So let let's uh, I, see. I feel a lot better, Tim, about only think when I thought of Montreal, thinking of the forum, and then thinking of what we'll talk about next, because I'm sure this is going to take up a big part of our show. Is it, all right? Let me start before I even introduce the stadium. Is it the biggest white elephant in the history of stadiums? I'm talking about Olympic Stadium. The Olympic Stadium. Considering what it's cost the city and the province, I'm so surprised it's still around. But you know, uh, who you know what? To be fair, who knows? If the expos had stayed, it's very possible it, it may not be around. But it's also an homage itself to the to the Olympics. What happened there? Um, Bruce Jenner. Yeah, Bruce Jenner. The the cost, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So. It's 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 a sign. A good. It's a it's it's a good historical look at the city of Montreal. Honestly, between well, uh, what's good and what's bad with the yeah. city. Well, a lot of people say that it was too far from downtown. It but, is. But when it first opened, everybody was like, jazzed up about it. I mean, the Alouettes went from playing in the crummy Autostad, attracting flies, to getting fifty six thousand people. You know, like what happened? Was that just because they were excited? of the new stadium and then a war off, you know, what, what exactly happened? Place, Obviously the, it's outdated now. But. It is. Oh, it's so outdated <laughs> I mean, now. It, it, even for the two, you know, even for the, what, what had been the yearly two game series, the blue Jays coming to play there, but. Um, distance. Let's get back to that. It's, it's just, it's too, I mean, yes, sure. Maybe on, on a, on a Metro stop. It is. It, it's just, it's in the East end. There's so many better things that are out there. And I mean, they made some modifications. I mean, people need to remember too, that it used to have a giant track all the way around it. They didn't get rid of the track for who knows how long. And it was just, it's just way too far away. Even for football, Alouette's football. I hate Alouette's football there. I hate it. 
unless it's rocking. I mean, I've been to some rocking games there before. Great I mean, great cup, great cups, and uh, the the very first game of the Montreal Machine, oh. they drew like <laughs> I remember them sixty thousand people. World League, yeah, to see them play and to play Barcelona of all things, but it's just yeah. No, it's it's not a good place at all. Yes, it has its histories, but I mean, more or less, I think more or less with the uh, with the with the expos and with the certain things that happened in the Grey Cup, the staple game, uh, those type of things. But it's, I mean, I'm trying to remember the last time I was I was I went up the, the up the vernacular to see the, you know, to see the lookout. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and the roof doesn't open. I mean, look at these stadiums now. You know, look what they just built in Texas. You know, a big barbecue lid. Yeah. Look at the, it's <laughs> Seattle, Milwaukee. You know, that's, Toronto. I mean, even I'll even say Roger Center because it was the first of, of a working dome in North America. A working dome. Yeah, a working dome. <laughs> not a. But now, uh, Tim, not only to me, and, and tell me if I, if I don't have my geography correct, not only is it like way far away from downtown, uh, the Olympic Stadium, Olympic Park. It's not overly accessible by the highway either, is it? No, you have to. You really have to go from the highway onto this, onto this, get off to go on some of the the, I guess the smaller highways. Like you get, get out there. You're driving through, through the city, eventually, essentially yeah. to get there. And yeah, but there light, there are multiple light, ways to get there. I mean, you light. could you could just stay stay all the time on Sherbrooke Street and get there. You'll get there. Yeah. I mean, or you could take the highway and and get off and and uh, you know out out near the uh, out near the old uh, uh, CBC building that's out there, and then go underneath the Jacques Cartier and continue on down. So it's 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 never it's never been a good place, you know. No. It, but what's funny, and and because it, this is stadium related, Saputo Stadium's out there. Yeah, I was just gonna say, how are how are they able to? Is it just like the the just smaller numbers that they're expecting, that they're desiring, that that makes that work? Well, um, because what Saputo soccer is a different crowd. Soccer is a completely different crowd. Well, that's true, but I mean, and the impactor they. Well, the Impact were some, were they around with the Expos? I'm trying to remember how long the Impact have been around. Well, the Impact were around in the A League. That's right, the, the A League. So yeah, they were around in ninety, think ninety four, ninety three yeah, was they, the first year. And that, and they played over at the uh, Claude Robillard. Claude Robillard, which I've been to. I, I, yeah, I went I to one game, game there. I yeah. saw a game there as well back in ninety six. Yeah, uh, back when soccer was in its whew, much different, the MLS and some oh, of these yeah. uh, second division. Uh, atmospheres but back then it was you know quaint we liked it yeah but, but I, I think for for saputo it's it's different it's, it's a soccer crowd this impact are somewhat good mm-hmm. y- you know but i i, I don't know i mean it, it's you look at where they wanted to put the new stadium for the for the expos down you know downtown as i said there it's just a giant historical look at the city itself i i you know if they don't have anything over at the Palais de Congrès, which is our convention center, they'll have things there as long as, as long as it didn't snow. See, there's so many restrictions now at the Big O. You know, if it, if it snows a certain amount, 
if the heaters can't keep up on, on what, you know, our so-called roof, you can, they, they close down the stadium. So what's the point? <laughs> you know? It doesn't snow in Montreal at all, does it? <laughs> it's, yeah, it's come closer. I think they also, they also almost had to cancel one of the Blue Jay exhibition games. They've had to cancel uh, shows that were held there. Uh, it's Alouette games. I think even Alouette games at one point or, or, or the impact because the impact actually do use it more. They play there usually at the beginning of the season. Right. Yeah. So I guess a little history lesson for our, some of our listeners who may not be familiar with Olympic stadium is it was built in 19, well, it was finished in 1976 for the summer Olympics and it hosted the track and field and all the big events there. And then it was going to transition into being home of the expos and I guess the Alouettes as well. Yes. yes. And when it was originally designed, I don't know if anyone's familiar with our listeners are familiar with how it looks. There's a giant tower that overlooks Olympic Stadium. Now, was that always a part of the stadium? No, because of the strike that they had building the actual thing. That's right. It wasn't completed, I think, until the late 80s, early 90s. I'd have to look it up. Yeah. I would say 88 because I remember the Mets yeah. opened up Montreal and I think Strawberry hit the roof. Yeah. 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 Well, uh, yeah. And that, I mean, that all ties in because. Um, the stadium was supposed to be paid for, I, I believe, by bonds and so forth. But it never – it didn't get paid off until, geez, within the last decade. Am I right about that? Yeah, 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 within the last and, decade. And so, so it ended up costing multiple times the original estimates. So they were having games and concerts in this place, and it wasn't even finished? No, they had a, uh, the dome. Was yeah, it was, it was an open-air stadium. Yeah, the, yeah, the original des- design had called for – and our, our, uh, one of our listeners – Bat Ash Z, thank you. Mentioned this um, that it was supposed to originally have a retractable roof. Like it was supposed to be designed like an an umbrella. umbrella. Am yeah. I right? Yeah. Yes, umbrella. But they could never get it to work right, so they eventually had to just make it a permanent dome. Bat Ash also says that it looks like a white elephant. It looks like a yeah. toilet bowl. <laughs> it does look yeah. like a toilet. And, yeah, and is that something they do in Montreal where they put like a, a a pan over your head that has some kind of meaning? Don't. You don't know? Okay, I read that somewhere <laughs> about the stadium. So never no, I don't know. <laughs> but uh, you got to admit, there are very few stadiums out there that have as an iconic look as Olympic Stadium. Like you could make a silhouette yeah. of Olympic yeah. Stadium, and you'd know exactly what it is. Yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah, but stadiums have a giant tower. Yeah, but but you also look at the cost of how much it ended up costing the people of Quebec. And then you, I, I just checked at the time when it was done, when, when it was done, 1.47 billion Canadian. Yeah. And you look at what they built recently in, in Los Angeles for their, their new football stadium and what Jerry world looks like in Dallas, how much that cost. Right. It really makes you wonder. <laughs> right. Yeah. That right. wasn't the original cost of construction. 1.7 billion. Wow. No, no, it was <laughs> supposed to be seven hundred and seventy million. But quite a bit but, for nineteen seventy-six. Wow. But also, if you look at at that stadium, and it, the what would you say the seventy-six Olympics? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Um, it was kind of the, <clears throat> it was either at or close to the end of a, an Olympic era, right? Because eighty-four changed everything um that was the one in los angeles peter uberoth was the commissioner 
And he basically, like, the Olympics were almost done. Almost to the point where they are now, where nobody really wants to host them because the dollar figures were just out of whack. And then it was in 84 where Uberoth kind of turned it around and suddenly the Olympics were making money. And I'm not sure had they not seen the, the disaster financially that the Montreal Olympics was, that they would have ever got to that point. There, there were positive and negatives to getting the the stadium, you know, including our our subway system and and what's funny is that you know it led to other things like uh, like Ile Saint Hélène that that became you know that became because of the, the the subway system because they took the rocks and stuff and it built they built their own so that and you know F one and et cetera et cetera so every good and bad thing has it seems to have a tie when it comes to this one stadium but i'm just i'm just i'm so surprised that it's still being used today and and still money is still going into it well they just replaced the roof what no a year or two ago no that's what they want to do i thought they had or no maybe cost, it cost like a million bucks to no do they want to they want to add another roof so that so we can host games for the uh for the the tri-hosted uh, world cup well, good luck with that. Yeah. <laughs> but, and, and I think they want to do like, I think it's another 250 to 500 million. I'm thinking, what's the point? Don't they have to yeah. put some natural grass in there for the games? They have to. The World Cup won't play on turf. They did for the women's. Oh, okay. Yeah, but that's the women's. And the, oh. the, the men's will not play on, on turf. Uh, I know the women kicked up a fuss. Yeah. Um, and that had something to do with nobody else wanting to host either. Mm-hmm. Right, but the men's World Cup will not be played on anywhere that has turf. No, they'll probably do like they did before when it was in the U.S. Didn't sure. they, they? Pontiac. Yeah, but at Pontiac exactly, or what they do oh, now they'll, in they'll Phoenix put, or, or Dallas, or they can put grass in. Mm-hmm. It, it won't last very long. No, but, you know, for a, a, a short event like that, they can. Astrodome grass. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's you know, so funny like, that the Astrodome originally had grass. Let's let's face it. Without Olympic Stadium, the Expos would not have lasted as long as they did. Because, no, I mean the history of the Expos no, is, is fascinating. Like that's a word for it. Talk about fly by the seat of your pants. It seemed like everything having to do with that franchise was fly by the seat of their pants, right? Like, you know, a couple, you know, it was like a couple of guys threw up some stands at Jerry Park, and 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 that was like the stadium. Right. If without Olympic Stadium, they would have been gone. They would have been like, you know, the original Washington Senators. Like they would have just they would have been gone. So, you know, the best the best Expos years were, were at Olympic Stadium. Oh, of course. You know? Yeah. I'll agree. I've been to many great games at the Big O. And, and I'm with you. I, I hate the Olympic Stadium is my least favorite place I've ever been to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the air is. The air in there is gross. Uh, you're right, I, guys. I, I sent you pictures from the Canadian Baseball Hall of Fame of a seat oh, from yeah, I uh, the seats. I from them. Olympic Stadium. You guys are like, what the hell is that? I'm like, that's a seat from Olympic Stadium. People oh, actually yeah, yeah. sat on those. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's like a scoop <laughs> or something. They had like it looked like looked like a toilet. Had like the, the yeah. Toilet. It was so bad, and the and the um, the sight lines were awful. The the slope in that place is is way too gradual uh 
you know, you, you have a hard time seeing over the person in front of you. It, yeah, it's just, it's just a really, really, really bad it's spot. The, the leading tower. So people go up on, in that tower and you can uh, yeah. go in and look around. There's an observation deck. You can go look around and stuff. Yeah. And they've repurposed some of the, what they wanted some office buildings in there recently and, and, and <laughs> stuff like that. And uh, an Olympic sized pool at the bottom of it. Which is, I remember that. Yeah, there was supposed to be a pool attached. Yeah, yeah. it's huge. A pool and diving area and a scuba tank, uh, scuba tank tanks. <laughs> uh, and that thing off to the side, off to the upper left, is the biodome. Yeah. Well, that, it used to be the velodrome. It's now the biodome. Right. right. It's, a, it's actually a pretty decent uh, tourist spot to hit. It looks like a dead fish. So yeah, so since we're looking at the pictures for our, for our listeners, now were there supposed to be like cables off the top of this tower yes. that went down? There are cables. There are. Cables. And, you can, and, you can and see and them if you look real close. The top? Well, you see those points. There's like some little black dots. Yeah, yeah. One of the worst ideas. I don't know how they yeah, ever, what, ever what, thought of this thing. What would you have done with the roof when it was just kind of hanging up there? <laughs> it looked. Uh, it looked like a crumpled up piece of kleenex yeah good good description <laughs> a very good description <laughs> and, now, tim, and, oh go ahead dave sorry i was gonna say tim how how much how thankful how much is is you two like your favorite band oh it, <laughs> very much that so. is one of the greatest stories in sports history and that just had the the um the anniversary just passed actually just recently. Oh, really? Yeah. Nice. Um, 27 years. I'm trying, I'd have to go back and check, see how many years it was. But, you know, if it was not for the basically what could have been a double booking of the Olympic Stadium when the Owls were still playing at the Olympic Stadium, with YouTube booking it they, for the concert, uh, I don't remember which, con anyways. Um, well, and it's you too. Like they don't just. No, it, it was one of their stadium shows. Stage. It was one of their stadium shows. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a it's a while to set it up, yeah. and it's a while to tear it down. Yeah, and if it wasn't for them, the Owls would not have had to look somewhere else to host a playoff game uh, that year in the CFL, and they looked to a very dilapidated McGill Stadium, Percival Molson Stadium, and the rest is history. So yeah, what, yeah. A, what a segue. I was going to try to segue it, but it would not have been that smooth. <laughs> so yeah, so the Alouettes now are at Percival Molson Stadium. Yeah. Percival Molson Memorial Stadium. That's the official and, that's the official name. And 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 let's face it, uh without that move, the Alouettes are history. Oh, because guaranteed. They were, they were dying at Olympic Stadium. Um I well, don't know if it was I don't know if it was the Alouettes were surprisingly good that year or the Argonauts were surprisingly bad, but to be fair, 96, I've always said, I've said this, I've said this publicly. The ownership group in 96 was an utter joke. You know, if it wasn't, yes, if it was for Jim Spiros and Michael Gelfand bringing the team from Baltimore, we wouldn't have had a team in history, you know, wouldn't be what it is now, but they didn't know how to run a team. If it wasn't for the Wetinall family, thank God for the Wetinall family and the idea of moving and, and Larry Smith moving the team to Molson like they did, putting together, I mean, uh, the games on YouTube actually versus the BC Lions. 
It's oh, on wow. YouTube. You can you can see what they did. They just had to do whatever they could to make the place nice. And from there, you know, it's one of the it's one of the best spots to see a, a CFL game, in my opinion, on the, in the East Coast for the CFL. I'm I'm with you. It's my it's my favorite CFL spot that I've been to. Um, but yeah, the the Alouettes were were a surprise. They were not expecting to make the playoffs, and they were not expecting to host the playoff game. Did they did they end up with a crossover? No, BC no. BC was the crossover. There no okay. Eastern teams ever made a crossover. So, uh, you know, like you said, they're scrambling for a place, and they end up going to Miguel, which had been you know almost it, it was right abandoned down. dude there was a tree sitting in in the <laughs> going out of the stands that's that's what makes it awesome <laughs> and uh but the the key is that that like everybody was at that game it became like the place to be it was uh it was the event and and you know they caught lightning in a bottle and decided that they were going to stay there. And, uh, you know, it's like, I, it's, it's on the campus of McGill mm -hmm. and McGill has an absolutely gorgeous campus. Mm -hmm. Um, not great, not great for parking, but whatever no. they've done a, they've done a ton to, to bring it up to, to bring it up to sort of yeah, CFL major league kind ten, of standard. 10 years. I think it's been 10 years since their expansion. If I remember correctly. Um, I think it's ten years. Now I went. I was there kind of at the height uh, when when they still had Anthony Calvillo, and um, you know they were kind of just at the end of their uh, multiple Grey Cup run, mm -hmm. and uh, and yeah, it was it was just a whole lot of fun in uh, a stadium that wasn't trying too hard. It was it was just in this classic sort of classic sort of stadium and uh and yeah we had a blast we had an absolute blast and uh, all those little things that I, I loved about about uh going there you know they, they don't score touchdowns in montreal it's a touche yeah. and uh they don't tell you to make some noise they hey, debris yeah yep. <laughs> and it's not and it's not a first down oh that one i don't remember what How do i say But all the things that kind of lacked where the Argonauts have played lately were, were totally there in Montreal. I'm, I, 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 love, I like Percival Molson. It, it's, it's, it reminds me, if you could build a stadium that is the old school look, sort of what, I guess, what Canman Yards kind of did at the time, where that became the place to... You know, the, the, it, it, was, it wasn't a cookie cutter type of place where they incorporated old stuff from the city into it. You know, so if this, this, this stadium basically right there in the center of the city on the edge of the mountain, depending on which side of the, uh, the stadium that you're sitting in, you get different views of the city. Um, yeah. And it's funny, we're talking about the Olympics. They, they hosted things that had personal Molson too for the Olympics. I think it was a field hockey, if I remember correctly, in soccer. Oh, nice. So now, there's a lot I, of history to this stadium. This history, the stadium's been around for 100 years. It's, it's, hard, it's hard to believe. Well, yeah. Uh, Percival Molson was a, a World War I veteran. 
yeah, who who died in in uh, in the line, uh, and and left money to McGill, and and they used that to to build the stadium. That, like, you know, when when people watch on TV and they think they see Molson Stadium and they think, oh yeah, it's named after beer. No, it's it's no. not actually. Yeah. I but I would say that. Um, Molson Stadium also kind of helped the CFL because there was a bit of a there's a bit of a glitch there, right? So the Canadian government is notoriously disinterested in putting money into sports facilities. All effects. Uh, oh, anywhere, anywhere. <laughs> but because, and I don't know if this was a, a financing option for the Alouettes, but because it's on the campus of a university, they could get some public money. This has also happened at Winnipeg, where they have, um, they're on the campus of, of the University of Manitoba, and they've, they've got public money for that. It's happened in Saskatchewan, where they're on the campus of uh, University of Regina, and they got money for that. And, you know, they were never going to get public money otherwise. But the idea of being kind of linked to and associated with Canadian University has sort of opened the purse strings a bit. Yeah, plus at the time, the, the depending on how you look at history, the, the streak of 100 straight sellouts at Percival Molson, you know, it you know, was capped at just under 20. So, you know, it, it's, it's, uh, yeah, it's not the size of Regina. I haven't been to the one in Regina yet, the new one. Um, but it, it, uh, it has its, I remember we were talking at the, very, at the very beginning about places that have its charm. It may be old, but it has its charm, even though they redid the place, you know, with the renovations, personal Molson has charm. You know, you know what uh, the best, the best sort of comparison I can give is Molson Stadium is kind of like a, an old school college football stadium. It's got it's got that that feel to it. Um, it's definitely built like a, a a college football stadium, you know, benches and and whatnot. Yeah. But also, you know, being built into a hill and there's a tree in the berm and and like all of those kinds of things, which you might look if you're just a, a pro person, you you go and look at the angle. Wow, that's really crazy. But you go to a hundred colleges in the states, and and you'll see that kind of stuff. You know, maybe it, it, not like the big house or Notre Dame Stadium or something like that. No. But you'll see stuff like that in the Mid American Conference, in some of those smaller conferences where the stadiums are like thirty thousand or twenty five thousand or some or stuff like that. Kind of reminds me of, and I don't remember the name of the stadium. And it's the first one that really popped into my head. Personal Molson kind of reminds me of where do the where the Philadelphia Stars play in the USFL? They played on the campus of um, Temple. Is, ooh, wait, Temple or Villanova? Yeah. Wait, wait. They didn't play at, at Franklin? Wait a minute. Uh, well, that wasn't around back then. Stamp, stand by. Franklin no, Field? Where oh, Franklin plays? Field. Oh, I, was, I, was I remember it being having a unique look to it. Yeah, stand. Franklin Field. Yeah, Franklin oh, Field was around that time. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, sure. they played... They played it. They played uh, at. Well, the vet. They played. They they were the Baltimore Stars 
but we don't talk about that. Oh, um, yeah, they were Baltimore. Yeah, they played at the Vet in Franklin. They didn't play at the university at all. As, you confused me. I was like, wait a minute. No, or or uh, here's another example. Hornet Stadium for the Sacramento Gold Miners. Sacramento, yep. Yeesh, that was very bare-bones stadium front, I remember. Yeah, yeah Franklin Field is unique. San Antonio was, too. Because nice. it looks like they dropped it in a time machine and just left it there. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that's I the oldest. Uh, come back and pick it up. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, is that the when I and I and I, the reason why it's so fresh in my mind is I haven't been to anything other than Wells Fargo Center and um, um, Lincoln Financial Field since I moved uh, from Jersey to where I am now. But um, when my father had a stroke uh, the previous year, he was staying at. Um, uh, Penn, which is right, it's University of Penn uses Franklin Field. That's who uses it. And right out his window, you could see Franklin Field. So for about a week, I saw that building a lot. And I'm like, and I just stare at it because I'm like, it looks like nothing else in that area anymore. No. Mm-hmm. It used to be right next to the Civic Center, which used to look uniquely uh, the same, uniquely because it was so old. Uh, but that's been replaced with the Children's Hospital. So you got Hospital, Hospital, Franklin Field. <laughs> <laughs> so weird now. I mean, it's Percival Molson. They've had done some upgrades. You know, they don't have the 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 uh, the ribbon signage like they do at a lot of the other stadiums now, and they don't have. You know, they just had that the, the one um, replay board, which they didn't have for years. You know, pro football without a replay board. You know, that's only been new over the you know since they've done the uh, renovations um and the, the cool thing is now the way with it is with the personal molson is the way they have it set up you can literally do a circle you can go from one end all the way back to your seats so if you're in one end zone you walk all the way around up through the uh, through the grandstand on the on the south side walk down the stadium uh, stairs go onto the track Go through the fan, the fan area, and then back to your seats. Now, is this the point where Tim comes clean and reveals to everybody he actually works at McGill? I I just happened to work at McGill, <laughs> so so it makes it, it makes it a lot easier for me to get to the games. I told you we had a ringer here, guys. Right. <laughs> so, can you give us an inside scoop on the uh, the upcoming? McGill team name change at all? I think COVID has put a kibosh on it, but before that occurred, Mark's taking notes. He's going to write an article on it. They did a a voting. Some people decided what names that they wanted, and they came up with, it was as of January, uh, I guess the most suggested names were Cardinals, Highlanders, Martlets, which is what the women's teams are going by. Redbirds, which I think is what the their baseball team goes by. Red Hawks, Red Thunder, or Royals. So Royals or Royals? Well, depending <laughs> on how you pronounce it. <laughs> with, the, with the E at the end? No, no, no. No? Okay. No. Spelt spelled okay. the English way. Yeah. McGill used to be the Redmen. Yes. But they were very um, – their branding, at least from when I remember, could have been different. But they were very Harvard-like 
in their in their branding. Um, uh, except in the '80s, where they were using the headdress. Yeah, that see that was way before I was. Yeah, and I think that's when people were were complaining about the team name. They they you know the school was saying, well, no, it it had it's. I think it was uh, James McGill had red hair or, or something something to that effect. Mm. James McGill had red hair, and they so they're calling the red men, and I think people kind of knew that they were kind of grasping at straws considering what you know what they had done in, in years past in the 80s for their what they're using for their you know for their school icons which is interesting because um if there's one thing i've learned about canadian university sports is that the memories for the most part are very short and there is not a ton of celebration that happens for things that have happened in the past um you know, it's just kind of, this is what I know for my four years and then I leave and then it, I don't care anymore. Yeah. So. And now you have three different organizations in Canada looking for a new name. Yes. So, so, so I yes. guess um, before we wrap up here, uh, we haven't even talked Well, I'm going to jump into Dave's wheelhouse here. We're gonna, how about um, junior hockey? How big is it around Montreal? And are there any noteworthy old hockey barns in the area that people should be aware of? Well, I mean, Verdun Auditorium. Yeah. Uh, Dan, you'll, you'll dig this. Uh, Verdun was the home of Andre the Giant. Oh, yeah. Because because the uh, promoter that he worked for was a rival with the guy who had the form. Yeah. So for the longest time, Andre the Giant couldn't be at the form. Nope. Uh, so yeah, he was out in Verdun. Yeah, the, I don't know, the barns and the junior hockey barns in, in Montreal are all pretty much abandoned. Yeah, because uh, junior hockey really isn't anything. It's, it's really in the outskirts now in, in Blainville, Boisbriand, and over at the Place Belle in Laval. Right. And, and, and Blainville Boisbriand was they they threw up a little shack. Uh, it's it's really kind of bare bones. Um, but they they it's it's very it's fairly new. It's not like, you know, uh, where where did uh, where did the the junior play at? Uh, was it Maurice Richard? I think at one point arena at one point yeah, which is is close to Olympic Stadium I think. Yes. Um, but back in the day, like all those little places had teams right like Laval had a team and Verdun had a team and Longay had a team and and there were a ton of teams that were you know unless you really know Montreal you wouldn't know that they were Montreal yeah this isn't this isn't like Montreal is not like the prairies you know in western Canada in any way shape or form right. where at all right right and so. and your real barns are like in those small towns you know going north right you're and um like your your drummondville and victoriaville and, mm-hmm. and up to Ramuski and bay como and, and those mm-hmm. kinds of spots um and then quebec not having the nordique anymore have have really sort of grasped onto the remparts and uh and they do really well but montreal is has struggled with junior hockey um and they i i would guess that what do they call them B and B, Blainville Boisbriand has probably been 
as good a franchise as has been around in in the Montreal area for quite a while. Yeah, and then the Rocket being here, moving to PE, uh, moving to Atlantic Canada, and then moving back. Right, right. Well, and that's but the Rocket are in the AHL, right? Right, right. So they're totally and they're controlled by the Canadian. They're they're controlled by the Canadians. I believe they're also owned by. I don't think they're owned by the Canadians, but they're owned by Molson family. Um, and, and yeah, and they're, they're that little Plasville only holds 10. Have you been there? No, no. The, the last big thing that was there besides them was the, the, uh, when Duke came to Montreal for that, uh, two or three game series in Canada. Right. Right. Well, which true, which true. Um, Plasville is get, was scheduled to hold the 2021 AHL all-star game. But COVID has messed that all up, so they're going to host the game in 2022. So I'll be in Montreal then, January cool. of 2022. See, I, even I didn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we had a plan. We were looking at it. It was like, oh, okay, yeah. Well, what is it, B- Bainesville? You were saying Bainesville Breeze Bar? Bainesville Boisbriand. Yeah, that them and uh, the Rocket, and uh, we're going to try to catch the Canadians on on there and yeah. hit something on the way up the way back because Montreal's not that far from where I live but I guess so I guess we've made our rounds of Montreal did we for, did we forget anywhere we shouldn't have I, I have no, sorry go ahead Tim no, I have no, a question before we go though I was gonna say if for anybody who knows the history of Montreal is there you you guys are just talking about places don't, don't that don't exist anymore if you had a chance to go to a one stadium or arena that was in Montreal in the past, what would it be? Rostad, definitely. Yeah? That's where I would go. I've done a couple articles on it, and uh, for some reason I have a strange infatuation with it, even though I think five sections of it is still in They moved it to I, I saw your story. Yeah, I saw yeah. that. I, I would love to go to the Autostad, too, because that's at one point where they wanted to put where – they, that's where they want to put the new stadium. Yes. For the Expos, or for, for baseball. Yeah, they wanted the Expos <laughs> to play connect. there. Good correction. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they wanted the Expos to play there, and they said, oh, we can move the stadium around, and then they realized that, no, it's not going to work out, and um, they said, well, let's go play at Jerry Park. We'll have a stadium by 71-72. That didn't happen until – I think they didn't – the Expos didn't play there until 77, correct? I don't think they played during the Olympics. Uh, yeah, I think, yeah, it was after the Olympics. Yeah, 69 through, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but definitely Autostat, just because I've I've read so much about it. It just seemed like such a, you know, just, oh, yeah, let's build this stadium. Oh, yeah, let's, what should we do with it now? Okay, let's let's host uh, the Alouettes. You yeah, know, it's been a funny, the one one city in so many different makeshift yes. stadiums. Yeah, just, and, and they, they hated it so much yes. that they went back to McGill. <laughs> And then the attendance yep. dropped even further. So then they went back. And then I think uh, their former owner, when he was able to move into Olympic Stadium, just had nothing nice to say. He said that the roofs leaked, the offices were had rats in it. Yeah. Uh, oh, I, I've been in the bowels of the Big O. It's nothing. Yeah. It, it's nothing. Like I said, it's nothing like some of these newer arenas that yeah, I've no, been into. No, you're, but one thing about Autostad, there it was the first professional football stadium. To have the uh, slingshot goalpost. Yeah, yeah. It was yeah. invented in Montreal. Yeah. 
Who knows? There are others. I'm sure I would want to go to Delormier, I think, if it still existed. Delormier Stadium. Yeah. I'd like to go to Jari. Went in it, right, you know, in 69. You can still go there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, see there. a tennis match. A ten- yeah, see a tennis, tennis match. Um, but there, there are a few stadiums I would, I would love to have been to. I mean, I, again, maybe the first incarnation of the forum, because what pe- many people don't know is the forum went through many different arcade yeah. Yeah. renovations. 67 went through some major ones. Yeah. That's what I want to do. I want to go to the, I want to go to the forum in the late sixties, early seventies. Yeah. And I want to see that Canadians team with that crowd and that noise. And that's, that's what I want to see. Yeah, that, that's, that's old school hockey. Right Not there. to 76. 76 we don't talk about in Philly. Oh, okay. <laughs> we don't talk about here either. Nah, or see, you kind of you rolled into my question is, what do you think the odds are that the Expos return or that Major League Baseball returns? The Tampa Bay Devil Expos? <laughs> Maybe. I mean, we've heard – We've heard that the current they can't do any worse. The uh, the current mayor of Montreal is is uh, open to a new stadium. Valerie Plant, yeah. Um, what do you what do you think? I mean, I, well, I know where they years ago. Have... I would have said it's a lock, but now there are a lot of other communities that are kind of popping up, right? You know, like. I saw where um, they want to have it. Nashville, they want to have it in talking in, about. They want to have it in Griffintown. It's in Griffintown, and that's an up and coming area. You know, with the way that things are going with our new light rail, the REM, um, that's supposed to be around, I think, by twenty twenty three. Great band. Yeah. <laughs> they'll they'll have other ways to get around. See, that was the issue with going to some of these other places in Montreal is that if you if they. Ha- if they had had this, the, the new baseball stadium over the Peel Basin, which technically this is still the Peel Basin, but it's not on the same side of where it was, there's no, you know, there's no mass transit. When it was downtown, when they wanted to have it, it suggested over at, Lip- at the Lipitrome, where Blue Bonnets was, or downtown. I remember the parcel land that they had downtown. So uh, I, I think... Sometime in history, I think Montreal will have baseball again. It's just how how the team was ripped away by Major League Baseball and the Laureas. So I think they will. And I think the start of having of, of Tampa Bay and Montreal doing half a season each, hey, if the experiment works, go for it. Now, do you have a stadium like Pittsburgh? I've been to the stadium in Pittsburgh. It's a Gorgeous stadium. Oh my gosh, it's the best. Yeah, that that would probably be the the type of stadium that I would want. I'm not sure I'd want to see an Expos game in April, though. You know what? It's it's like people people who complain that why are we why are we watching CFL football in the prairies in the in in November? Because it's football, (laughs) (laughs) but it's once a week. Well, the, it's been 70 all week here in Indianapolis, so. Yeah, that's true. Screw Mother Nature. It was yeah, 78 today here. Yeah. It, actually, it's been warm here for the week, too. We, we were in the, uh, in the um, low 70s. Kiss my ass, climate. Well, we bet, we better... You're going to do it in Celsius there. <laughs> no, 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 no. 21. Uh, we were in a, 24, we were in okay. 24, we were in 20s, it, was, huh? it was 24 degrees Celsius here today. Well, <laughs> you better fun. ask some, uh, some food questions before... Uh, 
before we start talking about Philly food again or something. No, no, no. This is the time to start. We got to listen. Gotta wrap uh, it up to whoa, meat sandwiches. Hold on. Hold on. I'm the one that purposely didn't mention anything except for the Franklin Field reference. Everybody else was like, you know, like Philly. So shut up. By the way, have you ever had pork roll? God damn it. Well, I was trying to wrap the show up in about an hour. Right. Well, we can say that for another day. Don't Montreal call me out, food. Dave. Montreal bagels, man. Love them. Montreal bagels. Valentine's. <laughs> so, uh, Tim, uh, I mean, thanks for coming to join us again. I'm glad we finally got to circle back and head yeah, to Montreal. My pleasure. I'll be, I'll be happy to come back anytime. Paul, wait, real quick. I'm sorry, Tim. Paul, I just want to say Bat SZ uh, wanted to see your name for the Montreal uh, Devil, uh, whatever. What did you call me again? The Devil Expos. The, uh, the, the Devil Expos. Uh, uh, the t- Montreal Tampa X Rays. Yeah, the X-rays. Too. There you go. I, I thought that hey, was very good. Awesome. That is awesome, man. That's awesome, man. That, I love that. I didn't. Even, I didn't even occur to me. And Pat Ash was like, "X-rays." I'm like, so that. So the Mampa, the Mampa X-rays. Mampa X-rays. <laughs> yes. Mampa X-rays. All right. I'm down. I'm buying a jersey. I want to see. I want to see Expos colors with that ray on it right now. Let's go. Ooh, Ooh I like it. The possibilities, man. Let's let's make it done. Let's uh, call let's, me. Let's store me MLB offices, man. Let's go. We got an idea here. Oh, man right. for, yeah. Well, Manfred and I have a few things to talk about. <laughs> so, uh, Tim, do you want to let our listeners know uh, if they would like to follow you on social media, where they can find you? Yeah, uh, you can follow me on social media over at Repact. That's R E P P A C T. And is the a- AFL fan stuff still going on? I know you are so heavily invested in that for so yes, long. Yes, yes. I, I, I still do, you know, even with the demise of the Arena Football League, I have uh, transitioned over to an historical podcast now where we talk. Because there's so many, yeah, like any league in any sport, there are stories to tell whether you were a player, an executive, a fan, or a cheerleader, as an example. I mean, there are many stories to tell. Um, and that's uh, if you do a search for uh, for arena fan on any of your uh, podcast, you know, outlets, uh, just look for the AFL Rewind podcast. And uh, oh, uh, so heartbreaking. Yeah, but it may. But it, but as Dave will contest to, there are some good stories coming out of this stuff. So, <laughs> yep, the multi-time Absolutely. Philadelphia soul. What do I do? <laughs> No. Yeah, right, but so yeah, oh, but uh, other than that, yeah, and uh, obviously, since we're talking about Montreal, my Alouettes podcast—that's the Alouettes Flight Deck—and you can follow us at the uh, uh, Alouettes FL Deck on Twitter. Beautiful. Thanks again for coming and joining us, Tim. It was great to my, talk to you. My pleasure. Okay, that was Tim Capper, and uh, I want to thank you for joining us once again. And guys, I think Tim has become one of our—he's raising the the uh, all-time leaders list isn't it yeah sure really that's what's on my mind right now he's up there <laughs> dan get your mind out of the gutter no that's a highlight that's going up on a highlight reel someday i'm serious that's staying in <laughs> we have a highlight reel yeah i'm building one short reel <laughs> well it's 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 about five minutes right now there you go it's getting longer every week i'm trying to you know hey let your producer do stuff I, I'm glad to contribute to the blooper reel or whatever you want to call it. It's just a box. So this is usually the part of the show where we recap our visits over the past couple of weeks, but 
you know, <laughs> not so much these days. Did anybody go anywhere uh, interesting the last couple of weeks? Uh, no, I'm getting ready to try to go to uh, see a football game at Miami, Ohio in about a month. But it's a, it's a month from now. That's impressive. <laughs> you can never plan too early for no. Miami, Ohio. No, no, you got plenty of time. Yeah, like I said before, I actually canceled a visit. We were going to go to Lake Placid and wander around. And, you know, if you go to Lake Placid, you can actually go up to the top of the ski jumps and look around at all the mountains and all that good stuff. And we were going to do stuff like that. And they've got a little roller coaster they built next to the bobsled track. We are going to do all that stuff. But with uh, this case is spiking, we, we just ended up canceling. We'll try to get it at another time. So, uh, Dan, I guess uh, this is where I ask you, where can our listeners follow you online? follow me at danlaw83 mark how about you where can our listeners follow you and uh, your you travels can, to miami of ohio oh uh, you can follow me at ballpark hunter on twitter and instagram and youtube check out my videos every monday youtube ballpark hunter and dave where can our listeners follow you uh you can follow me on twitter at profan9 uh just finished uh a patriots book which is pretty pretty scary but uh i gotta what, say your fans can write it <laughs> yeah it was pretty darn good um mostly because it it was called uh, from darkness to dynasty and it had more to do with darkness than dynasty and i think that's why i liked it so if you hate the patriots this is a great book <laughs> it was all about yeah I've, I've got that book i actually have an autographed copy thank you very much um yeah it's about the victor kayam years and the sullivan years and all the 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 horrible mismanagement and all the stuff that happened there yeah, it yeah. There's some seriously crazy stuff, and and if you if you didn't think it was possible to somehow include Michael Jackson in the NFL, you gotta you gotta check this one out. <laughs> so, uh, Twitter at Profan Nine. You know, actually, you could actually draw a line from Michael Jackson to Robert Kraft, and and you know, Michael Jackson is the reason the Sullivans had to sell, and the reason why the Patriots are now a dynasty. Yes. Well, we're a dynasty. Anybody who watched them try to tank against the Jets last night, the dynasty's done. Barely. It's a bad season when you have to kick a last man. Field goal. It's a, it's a shame that last you second. didn't have like a run of any success at all in the last <laughs> twenty years. I mean, but God, the Patriots are a joke. They're all lined up on the to the uh, Tobin Bridge again. Everybody, jump off! It's been ooh twelve months. No, the Cannons won a championship like <laughs> two months ago. It's been yeah. two months. Jump <laughs> off. Uh, well, you can follow all my stadium journeys on Twitter or Instagram at PuckmanRI. Again, don't forget to check out the website, stadiumjourney.com. Follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Instagram. Like us on Facebook. Uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Uh, you know, usually you go to stadium journey, at Stadium Journey. Uh, <laughs> uh, what else do I want to say? Find our Happy Remembrance Day and Veterans Day. I was going to say that at the end. Dave, thank you very much. You're welcome. Oh, we said it now. <laughs> yeah, Veterans Day and Remembrance Day. So thank you to all the veterans for your service and your sacrifice. Uh, find the podcast, VOC Nation Radio Network, on your podcast apps. And we simulcast live every other Tuesday night at 8 o'clock Eastern at twitch.tv slash danlaw83. We'll return in two weeks. What are we talking about? Something. I don't know. TBA. We'll figure it out. And the minor league baseball nonsense. Ooh, maybe. Yeah, big news today, huh? Thanks, Rochester sir. Red Wings no longer a Twins affiliate. No, Mets, Yankees are dropping teams. St. Paul and Somerset <laughs> Independent <laughs> well, teams are going to 
Be clear about the Yankees. They're dropping teams, but the teams are not finding out until they read it on social that's, media. That's exactly true. Did you, did you exactly guys see true. the Columbia Fireflies tweet, yes. tweeted out today? What, did we just get dumped yes. on Twitter? Yes. yes. What? What? Yeah. The press conference for Steve Cohen, correct? That's how they found out about it? No, they found out on Twitter. Pardon, they found out on Twitter. Pardon my French. Here's your warning. Fuck the MLB and fuck Manfred and fuck them all for letting that happen. Sorry, well, I'm done. Well, it, p- it appears that each club is going to save about $500,000. Oh, goody! Which is chump change. But well, I feel bad for like a team like Stan Island, who is going to have to join the Atlantic League. There's no way they're going to recoup the cost of being affiliated independent. It's going to be I'm a disaster. I don't want to look forward to it. It's I'm out of control. T- I'm talking about how, well, not tune in why. next time to the Stadium Dream right, Podcast right, to hear what we just talked about. They, they'll probably be – everybody will – know where everybody is in two weeks i hope i was just gonna say now we're gonna need to find a new topic for two weeks so yeah, right. <laughs> I, no it's gonna be a good topic because you're so right you for sh- paul you baker should... and mark viquez i'm not dave gutney and dave gutney i'm dave Tom, paul please help you, you got us all <laughs> thanks oh, okay. all until next time again thanks to the veterans Cross the desert, bear man. I breathe the mountain air, man. I've traveled, I've had my share, man. I've been everywhere. I've been everywhere. This is Lance Storm, and if I can be serious for a minute, you're listening to VOC Nation Worldwide. VOC Nation is one of the longest-running wrestling podcast networks, having started way back in 2010. VOC Nation provides daily streaming shows where fans have the ability to interact with their hosts and guests via phone calls, emails, and Twitter. VOC Nation hosts also include former backstage interviewer from both AWA and WWE, Ken Resnick, former WCW performer The Maestro, former Impact performer Wes Crisco, Pro Wrestling Illustrated contributor Brady Hicks, and former Philadelphia radio personality Bruce Works. VOC Nation's two most popular shows are Wrestling with History, featuring Ken Resnick and Bruce Wirt, streaming live on Wednesday nights at 9.30 p.m. Eastern, and In the Room, featuring Pro Wrestling Illustrated Fred Hicks and WCW alum The Maestro. Both shows take callers live during the show, and recent guests have included General Adnan, Tito Santana, Haku, Earl Hebner, Dangerous Danny Davis, Jimmy Hart, Ricky Steamboat, Brodus Clay, and so many more. Archive-free content includes past interviews with huge names like Hulk Hogan, Jesse Ventura, Kurt Angle, Sting, Mick Foley, Joey Styles, Howard Finkel, and so many more. Listen live at VOCNation.com and subscribe to all the podcasts by searching VOC Nation Radio Network on your favorite podcast app. And be sure to follow these guys on Twitter at VOCNation. This is your amiga, Shelly from Cali. To let you know, you can catch me here on VOC Nation for Shelly Live. You never know what the hell I'm going to be talking about. Sometimes I have guests. Sometimes I let you on in the cheese mess, spill a little tea. Sometimes I cry. You have to tune in to find out why. And I also take your calls. I love chatting with you guys and seeing what the hell you guys are thinking. 
So meet me here on the VOC Nation. Be there or be square. Rock and Roll Union for the past two years has been the place for rock and roll, new rock and roll, debuting rock and roll, and some of the old classics as well. We have welcomed guests from around the world, national artists and more. We have excited many people by our live events. We've welcomed everybody into the fold, and we continue to do so on a weekly basis. Guys, that is Rock and Roll Union, and that is what we do for you. Saturdays, 6 p.m. Eastern, VOCNation.com. Each and every Thursday night, check it out. WCW star Stro Maestro takes you on a journey. It's WCW Retro. Talking old school match of the week. Talking dream matches. Taking your calls and looking back on an incredible career of acting, entertaining, and wrestling. Check it out. VOCNation.com. WCW Retro. Be sure to call in Thursday nights, 9 Eastern, on the VOC Nation Radio Network. The worldwide leader in entertainment. This is the VOC Nation Radio Network.